over 30 years of serving the Arizona homeowner. 13 years in a row ranking Arizona's best referral network. RosieOnTheHouse.com Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. It's Rosie on the House. Good morning, all y'all. Another gorgeous spring Saturday, Arizona morning. And you're tuned in to Rosie on the House, where we come together every single Saturday morning for the purpose of trying to become you, the Arizona homeowner's best friend. If you have a question, a dilemma, project about your house, home, castle, or cabin, we come every Saturday morning and we open up the phone line so you can call us and put us to the test. We've been building and remodeling here in Arizona since 1972, originally moved here in 1966. We've seen it all. We've built it all. We've remodeled it all. And we can put our experience together for you for free right here at one 767 4348 We do a lot of things to try and become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And boy, it's not it's not getting any easier, I'll tell you that. It was a lot easier when there were only 6 million people here. Now there's 8 million people here, and it's growing. And that is the topic of today's show. How can we welcome newcomers to the great state of Arizona? Because they're coming, and they're coming in droves. And our show engineer, Mr. Gary D., has developed a tradition lately over the last couple of months of only bringing people on air that stump Rosie Romero live on air. I appreciate that, Gary D. Loving every <laughs> minute of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I decided today I was going to bring in the big guns. I have with me in studio Mr. Bruce Stumbo, a home inspector for six years, inspected over 5,000 homes. You can probably stump me. But you can't stump him. And Bruce, thanks for coming in this morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So I look at this as a challenge. Stump yeah. the stumbo. It, uh, he's uh, propping me up there, but uh, I bet I could find something that could be could uh, puzzle me. The unstumpable stumbo. <laughs> Bruce Tyler stumbo. Uh, Bruce works with us at Rosie Wright Remodeling. We were very fortunate to convince him to leave the home inspection business and come to work for us in the remodeling business, what, four years ago? Uh, coming up on four years, yes, sir. There's about a year and a half in there. I don't remember. So. Yeah, there was a, that little that little time there. Somebody told me, somebody asked me the other day, how long has Bruce been there? I said, about two years. <laughs> no, there was a year and a half. You were kind of in, out of it, uh, that he was also working for you, too. So, uh, Bruce is with us at Rosie Wright Remodeling. He's in studio this morning to help me help you answer any question or dilemma you have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. one 767 The topic for this hour is what can we do to help welcome all the newcomers to Arizona? Bruce, uh, I don't want to give you any ideas, but you could print a handyman card up with your name on it. And leave it on every windshield of every California license plate in Maricopa County. And you'd be busy overnight. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there. That's for sure. Let me help you with your new Arizona home. And how many California license plates are you seeing? 
Oh, you know, we spend a lot of time driving around town between oh. job sites, and it's a lot. And, I mean, that goes back a while. I mean, it even, does. Even uh, when I was still doing inspections towards the end there, I did a lot of inspections for people coming from California, Washington State, Oregon, Colorado. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the interesting one I see these days is there's a lot of Texas license plates, too, which I find interesting. That's so. interesting. Very interesting. Um We'd like to welcome you, and if you're a regular listener and your neighbor is new or you know someone new, do them a favor. Call them now and tell them, look, you really ought to tune in to Rosie on the House because Rosie's going to go to work, and his whole team is going to go to work, and we stay at work about trying to protect you from making any mistake on your home. It's different here Oh yeah. than in many other places. Oh, yeah. It's a lot different here. And our article of the week is, Welcome to Arizona, Things a Newbie in Arizona Should Know. And we cover several different arenas there. Now, in your home inspections, having done over 5,000 of them here, were they all in Maricopa County? Yes. Okay. Uh, So all 5,000 of them. Many times you got to meet the buyer, right? Most of the time. Yeah. It was, most people want to show up and walk through the house one more time because a lot of people <laughs> had only been in that house maybe one time yeah, and yeah. they're buying it. Yeah. So in in my 45-year career welcoming people through the 80s and the 90s, the one thing I always had to talk people out of is they'd be coming from Kansas or Oklahoma or Michigan or Minnesota. And the first thing they'd want us to do, uh, could you give me a bigger air conditioner? Mm-hmm. They felt like the bigger the air conditioner, mm-hmm. the more the, likely their comfort would be right. preserved in the summer. Yeah. Talk about why that's so wrong. Yeah, it's, you know, and there's still, you can still argue with people can, about yeah, it to this yeah. day. But um, oversizing an air conditioner, especially with a modern air conditioner, yeah, it will, it, it will cool your house off faster, but it's also on and off all the time. And uh, I'm by no means an energy expert, but I do know this much. The biggest power consumption with your AC is every time that compressor has to fire up. So if that thing turns on every 15 minutes, you're killing yourself. And and you're sacrificing the indoor air quality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You you want that thing running, moving that air through your filters. Um, We did a duct upgrade before last summer of new AC. At at your own home. At my house. We were getting close to that 15-year mark. And, um, you know, late 70s ranch, typical Arizona house. And uh, we did the, you know, adding a supply register in the master bedroom. And and I got to tell you, after making those changes and balancing everything properly, our master bedroom used to be one of the warmest rooms. And it's one of the coolest now, which is my favorite thing because I like it cold. Amen. The the retreat. Um, So air conditioning is a very misunderstood convenience of living in Arizona. But it is probably the single biggest reason We've gone from about a million and a half people mm-hmm. in the 60s to 8 million oh, yeah. today. If we didn't have air conditioners, <laughs> <We'd> <laughs> there'd be a smaller, hardier crew that it'd, lived here. It'd be smaller <laughs> and hardier. But if we didn't have our 110 and 115 degree summers, we'd have 20 million people oh, here. Yeah, we'd be probably the biggest metro area it, outside of maybe New York. It, and <laughs> It's self-regulating, that's mm-hmm. for sure. So welcome to Arizona. We're here to talk through the things you need to know. And, and you know what? 
we're going to talk about things you need to know that if you've been here your whole life, you may not know. How many Arizonans that have been here five years, 10 years, or 20 years, or their whole life have never driven to the Grand Canyon? <laughs> It always surprises oh, me more man. often than you think, you know, it, it, uh, which actually is funny. It, uh, oh, no, I was going to say, oh. uh, uh, you mentioned Texans that are moving in. You're seeing a lot of license plate. I yeah. lived in Dallas, Fort Worth, did radio there for 10 years. Yes. I knew people that lived in Dallas and never went to Fort Worth in the 40 or 50 years. <laughs> they, and it's just down the That's road just right there, you know? Yeah. So you're right. Grand Canyon <laughs> to Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, mm. man. So we'll be talking a little bit about all the things you should know as a newcomer to Arizona and as maybe a long-term Arizona resident that maybe you've just never had the luxury of someone sitting with you and talking you through these things like oversized air conditioners. They turn on and off too much. Just like Bruce said, the biggest energy consumer you've got is when that air conditioning compressor turns on. It takes six times more electricity to start the air conditioning compressor than it does to run the air conditioning compressor. So ideally, you want a little bit undersized unit turning on as seldom as possible. People call and tell me in the middle of the summer, my unit hasn't shut off all afternoon. I said, great. That's exactly what you want it to do. <laughs> a little bit smaller unit running more efficiently and longer will give you much cleaner air inside, much better air quality. It will also eliminate a lot of hot and cold spots in your house just by the fact the fan is moving the air for longer periods of time. The last thing you want is for a unit to come on for 10 minutes and shut off, and then come on and then shut off. And I, on, on this topic, you need to know that the way you buy energy is incredibly important. And if you're smart, you're going to be on a time of use plan. And the biggest utility, the biggest electrical provider in the state is APS. And they are on the threshold of changing that rate. So you need to be aware it's going to become much more friendly to the families and the homeowners of Arizona in that the on-peak hours are going to be diminished by two hours. They're going from three to eight to four to seven. So you can have your air conditioner running two more hours a day. That's a concept we call super cooling. We'll cover later. Right now we're just talking about the, that's that's welcome to Arizona 200 levels. <laughs> yeah, that's higher we're, level. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just covering the 100 level today. Let's see before we go to break, if we can take our first caller, let's bring Nick into the conversation. Mr. Nick. Good morning, gentlemen. Yes. How are you doing this morning? Very well. Okay. Uh, I have a problem that um, I really hope uh, you can help me with. Uh, it started about maybe six months ago. In our house, we have two bathrooms. And the problem started with the one bathroom and shortly after with the, the other one. Uh, after we flush the toilets, the water level starts decreasing to the point that it gets really, really, really low. And uh, I have no idea what is causing it. And uh, I read a lot of internet, on the Internet, you know, did research. And uh, um, the only 
solution I saw a few times was uh, to check the ventilation pipes that are coming from kind of behind the toilets to the roof. Maybe they're clogged with some yeah. debris or something, but I haven't checked that yet, to be honest. All right. Well, hang on one second, Nick. We're going to take a little break. I appreciate that. The first call of the week is taking us right to the toilet. We're, 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 Just doing we're, my job. Oh, thank you, Gary. I really appreciate it. Nick, you hang on. We've got a couple ideas for you. Right here in the toilet at Rosie on the house. Let's bring Nick back into the conversation. Nick, we appreciate you calling us with your dilemma. We have a couple more questions for you. Are you there? Okay, yes, yes, I'm here. Nick, it started six months ago in one unit. How old is the house? How long have you lived in the house? We lived in the house for 17 years now, uh, and the house, I believe, was built in the 80s, 1980s. And the whole neighborhood was and it's there. and it's a two bathroom house. I have a question: Are the toilets back to back, sharing one wall, or are they separated in the uh, house? No, they're next to each other. Actually. Okay, they're okay. still maybe sharing one pipe, but uh, okay. Well, the input you got that it could be the vent is a possibility. But are you home right now? No, I'm not. Uh, okay. Actually. Okay. Because uh, I was going to have you take all the Arizona listers right now right into your toilet. Uh, what you're going to want to do when you go home, Nick, for a 17-year-old uh, or older toilet is go take the tank lid off and flush the toilet. You should have water filling the back tank, but you should also have a tube that a, a, a small diameter quarter inch plastic tube that is shooting water down a tube and that's filling the bowl. Okay. So you're filling the tank with the water that's being dispersed, but there's a smaller little attachment tube that's going down a larger half inch diameter it's tube. Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's filling the bowl. I would tell you to verify that in fact is happening. Sometimes those little quarter inch filler tubes can can get old and break um, if that is not working replacing those are pretty easy mm-hmm. that's that's a pretty easy handyman yeah, they, do it yourself it is they you can walk in find a compatible they make those fill valves pretty relatively easy these days it's, if you're handy at all you can do it yourself you may need a wrench to break the bolt that's mm-hmm. on there now turn mm-hmm. the water off while you're turning the water off i would tell you if you can, go ahead and replace the old gate valve. Yeah, be be ready for that thing to not work. Anytime to, I touch the plumbing at my house, I have an angle stop on standby. Yes. You might want to change that to a quick turn 90 degree shutoff. You might want to replace the supply line with a braided stainless steel with brass nuts on both sides. While you're in there operating on the toilet, replacing the filler valve, go ahead and take care of those couple things while you're at it and then those toilets will be should be perfectly happy from that point on if in fact the vent is clear and in fact that could be one possibility it could be Mm -hmm. but check the other things first yeah those are easier 
Gary, the thing I'm afraid of is when we get a call on one yeah, subject, while you're, while you're on that, then that subject drives the next two hours. Of course. <laughs> Would you do what you can about reaching out into listener land and uh, find me a painting question or drywall question okay. or roofing or, question? And any more toilets, we'll just put them to our certified we'll, partners. Yes, we'll, we'll, t- we'll, t- we'll take those off air. We will. Let's talk a little bit about one of the things we'd like to teach people about moving to Arizona. And the first thing I'd like to teach them is it rains in yeah. Arizona. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Sometimes all at once. I I would say rain is probably one of the biggest building dilemmas Mm -hmm. we have in Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for uh, we've talked about it before for a long time. You had a lot of guys moving in from out of state. They show up. It hasn't rained in forever. And like they start building things and "Ah, it never rains in Arizona. Well, it doesn't rain very often, but sometimes we get half of our yearly rain in a day. So, uh it can happen with newer construction too, but unfortunately, there there's a decent amount of older construction where very little thought was put into flooding uh, proper, you know, moisture barriers. Uh, you get a lot of leaky windows in old houses because you know everything that people knew from the Midwest and the East Coast. They just ah, we don't need to do that. You know, we don't need to flash this properly. Let's just slap this window in here, and it never rains here. Having remodeled as many homes as I've remodeled the last 47 years, I can tell you there was a time back in the 50s and 60s where the veterans that had been out here at Litchfield uh, during the war decided to go home, round up the family, and move here. A lot of them were carpenters Mm -hmm. and builders. They literally built – you hear the term flat roofs all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, any flat roof built since the 70s has a pitch to it. But in the 50s and 60s (laughs) – they were actually flat. We, we really did build <laughs> flat roofs yep. in Maricopa County. We really did. We figured, well, if we don't put a parapet around it and we make it flat, yeah. how, how much can pool yeah. up there? Not that much, right? <laughs> Hundreds of gallons oh. later. And then we decided to start putting parapets on some of these houses, make them look territorial Santa Fe style, and then we stuccoed them and cracked stucco parapets. Are probably one and vegas mm-hmm. are probably two of the hardest things to keep waterproof absolutely in the arizona architectural absolutely. style it does rain in arizona second to leaking is surface water drainage and then your neighbor decides to change his landscaping <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Good morning, Sanderson Ford Country here at Rosie on the House. And we are going to be inviting in uh, Sanderson Ford. You're good, Rosie. Oh, I know that. (laughs) (laughs) We we get all excited talking about Sanderson Ford and all the great deals and the great cars that they have there. Sometimes we go, I can't talk. Rosie's in the pilot seat and fat fingers. Can find the wrong buttons occasionally. But in, in dealing with the topic of vehicles, uh, how can you deny all of the different vehicles Ford has come out with that have just been headline 
busting vehicles the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. The Mustang. Raptor. The Raptor, baby. <laughs> the Ranger. The Mach-E. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now the Maverick pickup. Have you seen any on the road yet? I actually have seen a couple, yeah. Uh, I saw one last week. Yeah, I've seen, I think I've seen uh, two or three now. This is a headline from the Detroit Free Press. The test driver that took it all over Michigan says, initially, I thought the gas gauge may have been broken. No way could I imagine driving as much as I did and not see the fuel level drop. There's an insatiable demand for this pickup. The little Jim won the 2022 North American Truck of the Year. It's roomy enough to carry four passengers. 33 miles per gallon on the highway, 42 in the city. Wow. Now, that's counterintuitive, isn't it? So the Maverick, the newest pickup truck being manufactured by Ford Motor Company, can now be had. It is the next vehicle Ford has created that is going to be headline-busting for months to come. An incredible vehicle. Go take a look at it. I saw a beautiful little gunmetal gray one running down the road yep. the other day. I, I saw, uh, uh, actually, I saw a white one recently. It was very uh, kind of little work truck. It just kind of struck me as a, if you had not a lot of equipment, if you could do something pretty small, it'd be the perfect little work truck. Really <laughs> save you a lot of money driving around Phoenix. Starting price of $20,000. Yeah, brand new. Yeah. How about that? So if you're in the market for a high mileage, Great little workhorse pickup truck. The Ford Maverick may be just for you. And if that's the case, I can't encourage you enough to get to Sanderson Ford in Glendale, the most award-winning Ford dealership in America. I haven't bought at another dealership in over 40 years. 40 years ago, I walked on the lot and bought an F-150 used, and I've never shopped anywhere else if you're shopping vehicles shop forward if you're shopping forward get over to sanderson ford chances are like the hundreds of other people i've sent over there you'll call me and you'll thank me sanderson ford in glendale open monday through saturday always closed on sunday boy we had an exciting event a couple weeks ago the register of contractors held what was called an apprentice fair down at Chase Ballpark in conjunction with the Diamondbacks and the state of Arizona. And they had contractors uh, and trade associations assembled on 4th Street outside the ballpark, and they bust in high school and veterans who were interested in entering the construction science field, construction science technology field. And it was incredible how some of these uh, schools that were bussed in brought these kids so well prepared. They were well groomed. They'd walk up to your booth. We were there with Rosie on the house and Rosie Wright remodeling because we're hiring and we'd love to get somebody young that hasn't developed any bad habits yet and teach them just the way Bruce does everything. And they'd walk up to you, look you right in the eye, introduce themselves, stick out their hand, shake your hand, and hand you a resume. It was awesome. While we were there, we had the chance 
to talk to the head of the apprenticeship program at Grand Canyon University. All right, this is admissions manager, Mr. James Jackson with Grand Canyon University. Now, people know Grand Canyon University, local private Christian school, and you guys have been around since 1949, grown quite a bit. Talk about what the school right now is predominantly known for. Well, right now, the school is predominantly known for our nursing programs as well as our science programs. Uh, we are we feel like we're the leader in the aspect of nursing and, of course, our sciences, but we're also now growing um, our university into the trade industry. And that's what we want to talk about today because I walked by your booth and I see uh, electrical pliers and outlets and things that you don't normally associate with a major university. And you guys are opening a trade school. Correct. We have a pre-apprenticeship program for electricians, which starts this fall. We're currently accepting students into that opportunity and partnership with Rosenden uh, Electrical Company uh, for that for that reason. So we're very excited about it and here today to partner with them and show our first offering of us partnered in that aspect. And talk about uh, Rosenden. Is, is that in a major electrical company here? Major electrical company. Uh, been around for about 100 years. Uh, if you know anything about electricians or electrical operations on the industry side, uh, it's probably coming from Rosenden or a similar company. And so the ideal outcome is that students come to Grand Canyon University if they're interested in a career as an electrician and they get a job placement at Rosenden right out of the apprenticeship. Correct, correct. After one semester, they will be prepared to go into the pre-apprenticeship program and then, of course, move forward into journeyman and so on. And what kind of revenue does a journeyman start with coming out after one semester? After one semester, we're looking at about uh, low to mid 50000 a year. Uh, with that only going to be compounding year over year with the experience and, of course, the opportunities that we have here in Phoenix for electricians where we're currently experiencing a shortage of electricians for all the growth that we have going on. One semester, $50,000 starting job. What kind of tuition fees does that semester come with? That's the great part. None. So this is a fully funded program. And there are no fees involved uh, unless there's other fees that you feel you have to contribute to this. But this is a fully funded program. So how do I sign up? Good question. Visit gcu.edu and we'll have the information there shortly. I love that. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. And we, we, we are going to be in a hiring mode in the construction science technology field for decades to come. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, it's been the shortage in in skilled trades is not a new thing that's been going on for years, and it's just from what I can tell, you know, from talking to our trade partners, and oh, it it hasn't gotten better; it's it gotten has. worse. So, all right, we're a call-in talk show. We try and bring you information pertinent to the home improvement industry, like that. Uh, we know a lot of uh, technicians and tradespeople are out there listening. We'd like you to know that uh, if you'd look looking to make a change in your career, take a look at the service providers on the Rosie on the House referral network. You'll be dealing with the best of the best. And I don't know any in the Rosie on the House referral network that aren't hiring right now. If you'd like to join the conversation with a question about your house, give us a call at one 767 4348 Let's go to Stephen online. And see how we can help Mr. Yeah. Stephen, who's been very patient. We appreciate that, appreciate that Stephen. How can we help? Yeah, that, thank you. You've, you've solved one of my uh, 
uh, plumbing problems. Now I have another one. Okay. All right. I have I, I have a sink that uh, I keep uh, smelling uh, this the sewer gas coming okay. up. And uh, it's the only place in the house that it's doing it. Okay. And, and the sink is not leaking. Well, let me ask you this. What problem, plumbing problem, have we solved for you in the past? Okay. <clears throat> I called in about uh, uh, air and the, the, the hot water line. And uh, you said there had to be a leak somewhere. Okay. And guess what? Uh, the utility sink was dripping a little bit. Okay. All right. And uh, the utility sink is uh, 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 cement, and when you know when there's water on the cement, it, it, it's a different color than when there's okay. no water on it. All right. And I I I just happened to turn the the light on, uh, and and, I, and the light went down into the sink, and oh, that's dripping. So you you solved that horrible gremlin for me. All right. Now let me ask you this, Stephen. How long have you lived in this house? Uh, the, uh, oh, uh, well, this house was, was built in 1951. Okay, great. Now, this odor problem is new. It hasn't something you're not haven't been dealing with for years. Well, the the first thing I uh, uh, the uh, what is it? Uh, uh, the, the tube down from the sink had to be replaced. Okay. And, drop, then the, the and then the, the, the and then the, the the trap had to be replaced too. And that's been done recently. And has the problem been created since that work was done? Yes. Okay. Hmm. All right. So we're narrowing it down. Uh, a house built in the fifties. Uh, does this house have a pitched roof? Yes. Okay. And the ridge on the pitched roof. Does it run north and south or east and west? The ridge, uh, uh, quote, um, uh, east and west. Okay. And is this bathroom on the north side of the house? No, it's on the south side. It's in the garage. Okay, we've just eliminated about four things right there in that series of questions. If it's only been created since this new P-trap has been installed, I would go and I'd go under that sink and I'd look mm-hmm. at that installation with a real jaundiced eye. Yeah, it just for it to have happened after the trap has been replaced um, just makes you wonder, you know, because there should be water down in that trap that's preventing that sewer gas from getting in. So was it installed properly? Is it sitting at the right level to stop all of that? Because um, sewer gas can't get by the water if it's in the P-trap properly, so... I, I've actually seen where in the installation of that or a toilet, a, a piece of material that wicks the water will actually be sitting down in the P-trap and be drained over the high point of the P-trap. And it actually wicks the water in the P-trap into the drain, thereby emptying the P-trap, allowing the water to come in. I'd start with taking that P-trap apart, rinsing it out real good. Uh, making sure it's nice and secure, putting it back together, and start there. If we've got a problem beyond that, we're going to have to do a, a bit of investigating as to why the new P-trap is causing this dilemma. Check it for a piece of cotton or a piece of thread, something that's wicking the water out of the trap and, taking, and, and causing it to dry out.
Well, again, Gary sends us another stinky call. <laughs> yeah, but, but it was not toilet related. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, okay so all right. it was all right. sewer related, though, Gary. Now we're we're trying to get through the information of what new newbies to Arizona should know. We talked about the fact earlier in the hour about it does rain in Arizona. I think one of the most important things newbies need to know is monsoon rains are nothing, nothing to f- ignore. No, especially driving through mm-hmm. running water yeah yeah it you you know every big storm we have it seems like you see a story about you know even big trucks you know they decided to drive through the wash there's a barricade out front they drove around it and you know what they think is just uh six inches of running water because they're not familiar with the area they don't realize you know the scottsdale greenbelt is a perfect example yeah that thing gets deep it can. Deep. It sure can. It does, when it, it's, does exactly what it's supposed it to. It does. That's to what do. it's there for. And you get if you drive into that, you're getting rescued, which leads into that. You know, a lot of people don't realize that we have a, a law that most of us call the stupid motorist, motorist law. law. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And you should look it up you right should. now. You should. Um, if you knowingly enter one of those things, go around that barricade and... The fire department, the sheriff's department, somebody has to come and rescue you. Um, you might end up paying for it, which uh, most of us who have been here long enough and shake our head when we see it don't have a problem with that. So. It, it's expensive enough that when you do it the first time, you're probably not going to do it again. I, I would hope not. Yeah. I mean, in the 1970s, when we were having 100-year floods on a regular basis— I had a little Jeep CJ5, a little Buick 345, and it was a great little rig. <laughs> and I sat on Shea Boulevard with a toe strap, <laughs> and I made good money pulling cars all the way through, coming in from Fountain Hills that wanted to get into town. Me and, me and a couple of buddies would just sit there and wait for them. <laughs> so stupid motorist law. If you're new to Arizona, get to know it. You're tuned in to Rosie on the House in studio. You've got Rosie Romero. That's me. Builder and remodeler of Arizona homes since 1972. We've operated pretty much. There's hardly a corner of the state that I haven't driven a nail or hung a sheet of sheetrock. And we're in studio with Bruce Stumbo, one of our production managers at Rosie Wright Remodeling. Bruce, again, thanks for joining me in studio this morning. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. We're talking about our article of the week, uh, things newcomers, newbies, need to know about Arizona. And we've talked about, yes, it does rain in Arizona. You need to know that uh, for the way your home is built and the areas that need to be maintained and watched. We also talked about the stupid motorist law. That's very important for your safety um, and your, your pocketbook as well. And the other thing we want to talk about is what we call hard water. Wherever you're moving from and coming to Arizona, hard water is, is generally considered anything that has more than one grain per gallon of a mineral or what we call a floaty, okay? There, there are a couple of different <laughs> words for it. So one grain per gallon is somewhat hard. 
10 grains per gallon is very hard. A typical glass of tap water in Arizona is 15 grains per gallon. Got to chew on it. Got to chew on it. <laughs> so the three most important things you need to know about moving to Arizona is about water, water, water. It does rain, it does flood, and it is probably, if you're accustomed to soft water, wherever you come from, will require a water softener on your home. Let's see if we can get to the phone caller before we end the at this hour. Uh, let's bring Robert in. Good morning, Robert. Hi there. What you got, bud? Hi there. Hi there. You with me? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, I've got a drywall, standard, old-issue, metal cornered, and I want to retrofit to the new rounded corners. How do I do that? Okay. Bruce? Well, uh, you're going to make a bit of a mess. <laughs> so really, the, the proper way to do it is uh, you're going to need to cut back a little bit and rip those old uh, corners. It'll be most likely a metal corner edge, and you're going to need to pull it off, uh, get a little pry bar or something back in there. And most likely, it's held on. If you've got a little bit older house or really any production house, it'll be held on with drywall nails which are not too bad to get off. So you'll pull... Dirty step number one. Yeah, that's dirty step number one. Um, And then what you're going to have to do is uh, your new, you know, what most of us would call a bullnose corner bead, that rounded corner. Um, You're probably going to have to do some drywall work after getting that off. Um, Get that on there. Get it secured. Dirty step number two. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to need to... uh, tape and well mud for sure maybe tape um drywall tape the corners into that and then you're going to have to sand it dirty step number three three or four uh get that down and then depending on how your walls are textured you're going to have to do texture repairs where it's coming up to that uh and then it's prime and paint time and and then we really get to test your manhood when we watch you put the baseboard in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, make sure you got a nice uh, straight blade on your saw. Yeah. Or know this. Here's a trick and a tip. They make pre-molded baseboard blocks that fit on there. And then you just run your baseboard with a 90-degree cut up to it on mm-hmm. either side. That's cheating. For, for the do-it-yourselfer, it is cheating. But, boy, it's a lot easier than 7,022 and a half degree cuts <laughs> in your in your baseboard. I hope that helps. When we get back, we're going to be talking more about welcoming new people to Arizona.